This is episode five of the Get In My Garden podcast, where we meet the growing community of backyard farmers, gardeners, ranchers, and local business people working their land and running creative businesses. We visit unique farmer's market businesses, people with backyard side hustles, and we also learn about plants, nature, and the demographic shift back to working the earth. I am your host, Aaron Moskowitz, and today's episode is part two with Amanita Thorpe of Horned Locust Goatscaping. We cover her other activities in this episode, such as her animal wrangling for film and her her other novel side hustles. Amanita is so cool. She loves her approximately 60 animals, including many varieties of goats, seven wonderful dogs, sheep, llamas, horses, and other animals who she all knows individually by name. On Instagram, there are lots of great photos and some short videos of our visit together at GetInMyGarden, or they are hashtagged Horned Locust Goatscaping. Don't forget to check out the website and blog at getinmygarden.com to see show notes and also to view all the other episodes. It was a windy day and we were sharing a microphone, but I hope you enjoy the interview content and I hope the background sound sets the scene. Starting this other business with uh, wrangling. I'd love to hear about that. So that's, that's starting to take a lot more of my attention at this moment. Got going on down there, a couple of horses tied up and putting some harness on them getting them fitted and getting them back in the program and so those are your horses yeah my partner about 15 horses here so how does that work you are on set they call you you're probably do you have an agent and no it's just just us it's our contacts and looking on websites finding what's going on any cool stories i know there's a lot of interesting western films out here going on i'm still pretty new to it i had a, a great time with my one of my dogs my Australian Shepherds, I was on a movie down in TRC last year. I got him to lift his leg and pretend he was peeing into <laughs> a pool where the actors was sitting. And that was part of the script? It was part of the script. That was the whole point. So he had a great time. He got to learn how to lift his leg. How long did that take? Not too long, actually, to train him. It, it, was, it was a couple of days. I've been working with him a bunch on different movie tricks. He likes to lay down and play dead. That's his favorite. So maybe he needs an agent, too. <laughs> so the horses, what are they used for? Are they sometimes the actors are riding them, or are they part of the set? Right, all of the above. Do you have other animals that you work with on set? Yeah, we've we've got a few friends. I've uh, got a company, New Mexico Film Animals, and... It's the two of us and then all of the people that work. So we've got people that have snakes and wolves and coyotes and oh, wow. lynx and wizards, whatever you need. How cool. Yeah. That's a unique business. You've got two unique businesses. Exactly. It's it's interesting. So I see a lot of fur and or I guess it's hair, right? I see a lot of hair There's on the animals. Wool. wool and hair. Well, yeah, technically we have some wool sheeps and we have some hair sheeps. So do you harvest that? I have not. These these churros right here I got recently. Is that the one with the kind of smoother, longer hair? Yeah. And then there's some catadine sheeps that I got recently also. Wow. So how long would their hair get? Does it just get it, matted? It and... to, well, it gets to a point and then it starts matting a little bit. It, it falls off. It sheds naturally. I see. Bonnie here in the back going around. She's a wool sheep. She's probably four years old and I have not ever shed her. Do you ever eat them? That happens too. Sometimes. Yeah. No, I... I like a copacetic herd. Mm-hmm. So if you're unruly and there's nothing that can be done for you, we eat you. That's what the last person said. 
if there's any problems, they they school you and then they put you in the freezer. Sometimes their problem is they're too friendly. Oh. Sometimes, in which case, I generally try to find them another home. Mm -hmm. But if sometimes they're just mean to each other or to you. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) work. Not going to work. So. Have you, do you sell them? Yeah, we do sometimes. I sell them. I I try to keep whatever. There's different times. Sometimes I'm growing them. Sometimes I'm trying to keep them down, you know. Yeah. Seasonally, I imagine. What's going on? But I've got a lot of really nice milk goats right now that I don't need all of. Oh, okay. Always I mean, something it's a, for sale. I see. One thing that I thought of, because in the farmer's market system, a lot of people are concerned about chemicals, mm-hmm. obviously, and nobody who's selling anything they're supposed to use any. But how would, if somebody contacts you, how do you make sure that their yard isn't poisonous to your goats because and aren't goats very sensitive we're all sensitive and when you're talking about dairy goats or somebody where you're going to be drinking the milk something that i need to be conscious about at the same time what they're doing is replacing chemicals and so it's really hard to just say no i can't do that but there's some places where they've consistently put a lot of really nasty stuff on for elm or something like that. And I try to avoid that if I can. So I wonder how it's many... It's not really possible it... if you're going to transition out away from that. I see. So basically there are areas, no matter what, that they may have some residual. I wonder how many years it takes to go away. It depends what it is. I mean, and it depends who you're talking to. A lot of it is just concentrating in the top of the plant. And so once that goes away you have residue on the soil and that's going to drain downhill or drift or blow or whatever. It's going to get diluted pretty quick, but years. Well, your goats sure seem healthy. Yeah. And out here, there's definitely not that yep. <laughs> happening. Yep. So did El Dorado, when you went out there, 250 acres, what was their problem? They had a lot of ragweed for the most part. They had had huge rains and oh. everything. Just the way El Dorado had been built quickly and just scrapes to put houses down a lot of a lot of leach fields a lot of places ended up really weedy and then it sort of drained into the green belt and so the whole communal land was getting pretty thick and it just hadn't it was rangeland that hadn't been eaten for over 20 years so it was overgrown and getting dead and tired just giving up so that was summertime that you went after their big rains right so we went in i think it was july and we spent a few months and we ate and we ate and we came back a couple years and different places of course reacted differently but there was some really major improvements you know we turned from three foot ragweed to native blooming plants again nice well i know in seattle where i grew up they are now using goats to eat ivy which i guess is toxic to some other animals Mm mm-hmm but yep. somehow the goats are able to eat it. So they're just immune to it, I guess. Well, they have, uh, and cows do too, multiple stomachs. That helps. I, I could be more scientific than that, but I really don't know. I mean, sheep don't have the same drive to eat everything that goats do. I mean, yeah, there's, they, there's some some things are downfall to goats. I can't take. Jimson weed is a big one that I have to watch for. That's a very toxic plant for humans. And local weed. And that's pretty much it. So you'll be out there, and if you see it, what do you have to do? And just take it out or fence them out of it. Okay. Depending. So how does that work with the electric fence? How long does that take to set up? It's pretty quick. Uh, it's a roll of netting, pretty much. You just walk it out, and it's got little posts sticking the ground, and it has a solar electric charger on it. Just set that up and give them some water and their salt. Do they know what that means? Oh, and yeah. They're like, uh, so they're not going near that fence. Didn't replace my fences too quickly, and so I spent several years where they were not very electric or whole. And it was actually pretty amazing how well they they obeyed it. And the new new generations that had never actually seen it electrified. That's but, good. So what are the? How about the dogs? So what is their job, and how do they know what to do? 
all instinct. Well, we got the Aussies, we got the herders, and their job is basically just to help us. They're such good dogs. The a, a border collie, you would you know, have the goats over there, and you'd tell the border collie to go and bring them back. Whereas the Aussie would go with them and bring them back. Just they're instinctively, not. they're going to... Mm-hmm. So if there's goats as a herd get too far off, or if one ventures out, they just know to bring it back. Yeah, they have this uh, grouping obsession. <laughs> they're micromanagers. Maremmas we have, guardian dogs, big white ones, they're protectors. So by the time they're six months old, they've bonded with whatever they're going to stay with forever. So the Pyrenees is going to go out and have a big territory and bark and, and eliminate any of the threats in a certain, ter- certain territory. Maremmas are just going to stay in the herd like Rocky is over there. Yeah, he looks very happy. These wow. guys work really good in uh, neighborhoods and close proximity to people and activity. They're really nice. And they also have the instinct to herd, so they're a really cool dog. How many acres does somebody need if they have goats? Well, I mean, goats, they're pretty basic. You can keep them in a pen. Mm-hmm. You can keep a couple in your pen, and they're a real easy-to-handle stock. Do they prefer to be together with friends? You need at least two. two. Okay. But yeah, they're definitely a herd animal. A lot of people keep them with their horses, so oh. the horses don't freak out. That, so they all that works along. out with the right personalities. <laughs> Must be about dinner time. It doesn't matter that they just ate. I see. They're always hungry, huh? Do you have any problems with them getting sick or anything like that? Is it, are they just super easy? Because I know that some farmers who keep them pent up, they seem to have... Well, it's true, yeah. If you keep them in a pen all the time, they're more likely. They're more prone to... You have to keep them... Yeah. You have a lot of bloat, just Mm. being too greedy at the wrong time or the wrong feed. So do goats all have very different personalities? What do people need to know about goats? They do have a lot of different personalities, and depending whether they're bottle-raised or mother-raised, it makes a big difference in, in the animal. Uh, different breeds. Uh, like, Nubians are pretty noisy, and La Manchas are pretty sweet. And some of them, they're not good for milk at all? Well, yeah, like the Spanish don't make a lot of milk. It's but they're be, really good for grazing? Right. It's going to be really, really high butter fat content. It's going to be pretty thick milk. Oh. But not a lot of it. And same with the boars, the meat goats. So do you still, when you have it and you have the time, do you still kind of mix it all up, kind of? Sometimes. I've heard that people who have a certain amount of, I mean, acreage in Santa Fe is expensive with taxes. Mm -hmm. But if you have it as agricultural land, it's much less expensive. Have you ever run into situations where you could lease it from people and then... Yeah. Well, that's sort of what we were going to be doing at this uh, ranch over here. That happens. That happens because a lot of people need the animals... For various reasons, taxes is a big one of them. So how does that work? Uh, there's some agreement between you and the landowner, and then and then you register your stock with the county assessor. I know it's it's an int- it's an interesting little deal we have. We've got the two basic but I mean, occupations, and then and then every so often, like we a couple weeks ago, we did a birthday party. Oh really? We do petting zoos and pony rides. Oh nice. I'm I'm really into making it possible for people to interact with animals. You know, because that's been lost. Just the concept that you want to. I think people get out amongst the, the goats or the horses or the dogs, and they're calmer, their <laughs> smiles happen. Definitely. You know, you, neighbors meet each other. It's a great service. It is great Great service. business, too. So are you? is it a 12 months out of the year thing? Because I know it's going to get very cold. Yep, it's 12 months out of the year. Okay. We're always doing something. Yeah, it's so cool to see your operation out here. It's very serene and beautiful. You obviously have a love of your animals yep i'm just astonished by the variety you have there it looks like there's 20 different types of goats Uh, yeah 
There's most of them. I don't have pygmies, and I don't think I have any Toggenbergs. But almost every other type of goat. I've got pretty much everything else you're going to find. Wow. No, no fainting. What is a fainting goat? It's a myotonic goat. There's some strange ability in their muscle when they get scared. They, the muscle constricts and they stiffen and fall over. Especially when they're babies, they get excited and run around and stiffen up all over I bet that's... as they grow up it, it's a meat breed and so every time they do that their muscle mass grows wow that's a unique i've also heard that uh that it's a shepherd's thing <laughs> what does that they, mean well they keep they keep a couple of goats in the sheep flock so when the coyote comes and scares them oh the goats fall over and they get they get eaten, eaten. And the sheep run away i've heard that that's a good idea it's kind of cruel but i don't think that's i don't know i'm not really sure that's really how it went down that's all in this episode Thanks for listening. We have more content from my visit with Amanita in episode three, where she talks about her goats and goatscaping efforts. If you have comments, questions, or great ideas for future episodes, please send me an email directly to Aaron at getinmygarden.com. I'm just getting started, so I'm definitely looking for your suggestions for ways I can improve these podcasts. I promise you there will be incremental improvement to sound quality, editing, and content as I learn more about what I'm doing and buy more equipment. Please check out and follow me on Instagram at GetInMyGarden for photos of episodes and recent farm visits. Photos from my visits to Amanita's ranch are also all hashtagged Horned Locust Goatscaping in Instagram. Sign up by email for updates and specials on the website, GetInMyGarden.com. And while you're there, check out the show notes or resources tab for contact information of our guests. Lastly, please leave positive feedback on iTunes and other podcasting platforms if you've enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for listening. 